I make no apologies for being a dark-skinned African-American, wearing natural hair, having, you know, I constantly, I, you know, I have a lazy right eye, none of that. I mean, I don't, I don't make apologies for any of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's the imperfect, and, and I'm gonna tell you, it took me a while to get here. Sure. It took me a while to get to this place, but once I got to that level of comfortness in my own skin is when my career took another level. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Powering Up, our cross-generational podcast about leadership, power, and gender. I'm Ann Doyle. And I'm Monica Doyle. We're recording this episode exactly one week after the U.S. women's soccer team won its fourth World Cup. Yeah! (laughs) Oh, yeah! Yeah, Very exciting. (laughs) Very exciting. Absolutely. Ann and I are both big sports fans, so of course we wanted to talk about that. Um, I wasn't born yet when Billie Jean King beat Bobby Riggs um, in the legendary tennis match called the Battle of the Sexes, but I have seen a lot about it. I've watched a little exposés about it. You just did a movie about it. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple things about it. It was really cool. I love watching the old newsfeed stuff on it. Um, But Anne, I know you believe there's a strong connection between these two historic moments. Or her historic. Her historic. Sports moments. Yeah, you bet I do. You know, um, there are historical events that are so significant that millions of us remember exactly where we were at the moment that it happened. I mean, I think about the assassination of President John Kennedy, of Martin Luther King, uh, maybe you think especially of 9-11. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's even rarer when a sports event has that kind of global impact. And, and I would really submit that this Women's World Cup moment is going to reverberate for decades, just as that Billie Jean King-Bobby Riggs uh, tennis match has. And, um, and I think that not only because the final game was watched by 15.3 million people, and that was just in the United States, um, which, by the way, was 20% higher than the American audience that watched the 2018 Men's World Cup, but it was so significant also because this team of incredible athletes has also elevated the issue of equal pay and gender fairness to a national consciousness that we have not seen in my lifetime. Right, and when we ever heard, whenever we've heard of like sold out stadiums and chanting. Or when have you ever? I've never heard equal pay like that. I've, I've seen a couple different women's teams come out on the issue of fairness and pay, but this is one of the first times ever that it's really been such a high contender because the women are more of a draw than the men. Yep, absolutely. And at the end of that game, that championship game, when the the sold-out stadium is chanting USA, USA, and then they started chanting equal pay, equal pay, pay. I had goosebumps. Oh, my gosh. So I'm sure our guest today has her own opinions about the long-term impact uh, impact of the 2019 USA women's soccer team and their um, leadership style. So let's introduce her. Well, with us here today, we have Linda Talaferro, um, Vice President of Global Quality for um, uh, Meritor, is that correct? correct? Yes, correct. Yep. Which is a major commercial vehicle supplier doing business on five continents. Linda didn't get to an executive position that important overnight. She has over 30 years of experience as a woman operating, managing, and leading internationally in a field where women and African Americans at her level are very rare. 
No kidding. Yes. But uh, she also invests her time in helping other women uh, all over the world. I mean, coaching women engineers in India. We want to hear about that. But also launching something she calls the T. The Extra, extra Effort. effort. Yes. Welcome, Linda. Oh, thank you, Anne. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Well, we want to hear about your leadership journey. Uh, we want to hear about the tea. But first, what are your thoughts well, on you the know, impact of this brash, confident team that has swaggered into our hearts? Phenomenal group of athletes, first of all. Let's just say that these women uh, have performed above and beyond men. I just came back from Europe, as you know, Anne. We talked while I was there, and that's soccer is a very large sport in Europe, much larger there than it was here. It's growing here. And there were the men on my team and various ones that I met during my trip the entire week spoke about the caliber of talent of that team. Oh, really? I mean, the, they watched them play every match, not just the championship match, mm -hmm. but every match. And uh, not one of them, uh, bar none, said that what they saw from a skill set mm -hmm. from these women were above and beyond what they've seen any guys could do. Even them, as they played soccer, they saw these women doing things that they, one guy said, Linda, I can't even believe, I, I would never even try it. Wow. At the, I mean, so when you think about that, yeah, uh, the caliber, the skill level that these women had, the fact that they've won four times, yep, uh, and we're talking about the pay, <laughs> I mean, I mean, just beyond me that in 2019, we are still talking about equal pay for women yeah. in sports, in business. I mean, it doesn't it hasn't ended. It's the same same issue we have across <laughs> across every every part of our of the U.S. and everything we do everywhere. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, we I know in tennis. Um, uh, they've actually gotten equal there. And thanks for the thanks Williams for, sisters yes, who fought that sucker. That's how it happened. You know, Serena and Venus Williams fought for that. Billie Jean happen. started it she way started back it, then. Exactly. And they carried it on. So it, it, I, I am a glass half full kind of gal. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I believe that it will happen one day. It's just frankly ridiculous that we have to continue to fight for it when it's beyond deserved it's beyond deserved and i don't care about how much you know fifa would say they make billions on guys versus millions forget that i mean that's just to me just um excuses these women deserve to be paid equal if not frankly more well, guys, yeah, that's what the guys. New York Times actually said. You know, we, we're, we should be talking uh, more pay more. for better work. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the skill level is bar none. It's unlike any other. Well, and this is, this is one of the – this year has been really big on women's pay in sports, especially recently we had the USA women's team had a strike. We've had – Soccer. Or your, hockey you're hockey. talking about. Hockey. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, and even like – so that – I guess we can see that as sort of like a struggle. But then we've also had, you know, some achievements. We had a woman compete in the NHL All-Stars skill competition, and she stood – stood right there with the men you know she was as fast as them yeah. and so we're seeing all of this type of stuff that women can compete with men but we're still seeing this huge pay gap but with yeah. the soccer um in particular we're seeing the women are actually making more money for the corporation than the men correct yes that's exactly correct and that's where we really see the hypocrisy because People have used things like, well, there's not enough draw, draw. in mm -hmm. women's hockey to right. pay them, blah, blah, blah. 
But here we have the situation where the women do deserve to be paid more than the men. And we have people who just can't accept a world where that is a possibility. Like that's all I'm seeing as what's stopping women from having. So in I've been following the NHL draft and we have people being paid, you know, $70 million for seven years, you know, and the women are making, you know, a livable wage but come on they're professional athletes let's pay them like professional athletes and and pay them what they deserve what they deserve what they deserve these women i keep saying it it's going to sound like a broken record but they are phenomenal at their craft mm-hmm. at their skill Absolutely. these are not meager mediocre no me- mediocre soccer players by far they're not even high levels they are exceptional soccer players and I would venture to guess if we had a Billie Jean King and Bobby if we had the the women (laughs) playing against the men wonder what that match would look like wouldn't that be fun I feel that way too because in the NHL skills competition we had a woman competing in speed you know and speed is something that takes a great deal of strength but the other other skills competitions in the NHL all-stars are things like dexterity Mm -hmm. women and men do not differ in dexterity there is no physical difference between men and women in this area exactly so soccer has tons of dexterity requirements exactly so (laughs) we we are able to compete excellent with men and it's driving me crazy I I put a thing on Facebook the other day because one of my friends commented something that was you know backhanded sexist and I said I'd be okay with having an integrated men and women's sports team. I think if women can compete with men, they should be allowed to. And somebody laughed at me for it. And I said, excuse me, why are you laughing? Oh, yeah, and but he we had can, nothing to say. We can fight for our country, can we not? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we go. I have a cousin who did two tours in Afghanistan uh-huh. in, the, in the Air Force. So, so I know for a fact, that, I mean, that happens. What's the difference? I mean, we can't play sports yeah alongside we can be we can be on the battlefield alongside a man mm-hmm. and fight for our country well why can't we do that in sports and i think it starts it no with this particular situation with the women's soccer team in which they are bringing in more money than men there's yep. no more excuses yes. that are viable as to why these women are not making millions of dollars no none at all and and let me just um let's we want to get into your journey and all this kind of stuff <laughs> yeah, this has been talk, a great talk talk. we could yes, talk about this talk. which is fantastic <laughs> but i really do want just yeah, okay. to clarify a few points for people who haven't been following this and that is is that you know fifa which is the global mm-hmm. soccer uh board or governing uh, organization uh and what soccer players make all over the world where soccer is the number one sport and has been for decades yeah. is very different from soccer in the United States. Yes. Yeah. And that the women are so- are suing USA Soccer. And what we're talking about here is the difference between what the USA men's team is paid versus what the USA women's team is paid. And over the last three years, the women have earned millions more in revenue for that organization than the men. 
And uh, the biggest selling soccer T-shirt of Nike. all time, yes. according to Nike, yes. is that yes, women's, women's team. One. And I'm glad you said that, Ann, because I read an article that brought up FIFA. And to me, that's apples and oranges. Exactly. Because they tend to always bring up the billions of dollars within FIFA for men compared to the women. But that does, that's not what these women are talking about. So it's that's not. That's an excellent point. Right. And, and, and women's soccer is growing globally. It I is. mean, that's a growth market. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, a whole absolutely. other conversation. But absolutely. we're talking about here is what's going on in the United States. Yeah. And uh, and here, there's no question that the women are driving the revenue and driving the growth yes. of soccer. They're leading the industry. Absolutely. 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 In the United States. And the last piece about this is it's not just money. It's about um, the men are flying charter and the women are flying on commercial. commercial flights to their games. Uh, the men are given more money in terms of how much food they can eat during the day. Um, it is access to medical support. It is the kind of surface that they're playing on. The men are playing on uh, the, on grass, and the women are playing on artificial surface, which you know creates more injuries. And on top of that, it's the marketing support that goes into developing the game. Well, and ultimately, if you look at all of that, it's literally just hands down archaic sexism. There's nothing <laughs> more you. to Bottom it. Line. It's hands down Bottom archaic line. old world sexism. And you know, and I Bottom think line. the public is getting tired of it. Oh yeah. I think we're really tired of the same old excuses yep. of why. And we certainly, the three of us are certainly tired of it. I'm, oh my So let's God. talk Long about end. it in your industry, Long Linda, and what you've seen, what you've seen. Uh, you want to transfer over to the world of uh, business? Well, and yeah, and we're talking about commercial vehicle, right? So this is just for everyone to understand. When we, when we, when Meritor supplies suspension and braking components for commercial vehicles, which is your over-the-road trucks, it could also be the smaller ones like your fire engines and so forth, mining equipment. Uh, so we're talking about the sector that you're not going to see a lot of, not just African-American women, women, period. Yeah. You know, when I go to the heavy-duty um, week in Vegas, I can probably count the number of women that I see on both hands. Wow. So Even in 2019. Even in 2019. I mean, we're growing. I mean, we have like Audra Rush, who owns Russian yeah. Trucking. And we're growing. We have two men in the truck. I think that's owned by a woman as well. So it's, <laughs> it's you know, it's growing. But there's not a lot of us. So so clearly, what we just talked about transitions very well into what I live and work in every day. Um, I, b the bulk of my career, however, was in automotive. So the earlier days, I spent a lot of time with Bosch, BMW, um, and other suppliers of the automotive sector. But we still have not fully arrived there yet either. Yeah. I mean, we have, again, we can count them. We have Mary Barra, and then we may have a few other people at a lower level in different types of automotive companies. Uh, but again, we are not usually represented in the executive or senior executive ranks. And I'm retired from Ford Motor Company. That's I don't know exactly if you right. know that yes, or not. And that uh, boy, yes. I've, I was fighting that steel ceiling, you know, 20 Absolutely. years ago. And it's really very discouraging to yes. see how slow progress has been. Yeah, it, it's, it's extremely slow. And we know, I mean, there's been enough studies that say, uh, because, you know, guys usually need data to convince them of most things. And there's been enough studies to say. Uh, when it comes to women, they need data. They need the data. Of course, you know, they, they, they you know, prove it to me kind they'll, of thing. They'll trust most men to oh, do just about yes. anything. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But they need the data. And, they, and studies will tell, will tell you that inclusion, most companies that truly have a, a serious level of inclusion perform better over the long haul. 
and they, they are usually your market leaders, drive innovation more successfully over the long haul as well. So, you know, I, I remain at a loss. I mean, for me, it is just pure, just like racism, sexism, any other isms that there are out there. It's just something that we tend to hang on to out of ignorance or fear. Mm-hmm. I think it's either ignorance or fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when and a lot of times we can allow fear to paralyze ourselves because once you know and you still, or you're or you are, uh, evil's a strong word. Or you just frankly don't have the best interest of people in general. Mm-hmm. I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's ignorance, fear, or you don't have the best interest of people, and you're very selfish. It's one of those three things because there is no other excuse. Mm-hmm. There is right. no other excuse. We're out for, of excuses. It, at really, this point. there are no other mm-hmm. excuses for it in my mind. Out of those three areas and they tend to be more uh, fear and being evil because you, I don't think you can pl- pull the ignorance card. It's well, 2019. And if when you're comes, ignorant, then you shouldn't be in an executive well, leadership exactly. role. That's why you don't play. I can't give you that card. So well, and when it comes it to, to like workplace scenarios like this, you know, women keep taking down the excuses one by one by one. And we're like we're approaching the you've got no more excuses. These are the only things left. You're either a sexist and you can't accept that women can do your job or you're on board yeah you're one or the other you're one or the other but what i will find unfortunately at least in my experience is there are not very many of us that will exercise our voice Mm -hmm. and push for what is right and what is necessary we tend to cower down we tend to just when you say we you mean women 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 Women. well that's culture we we tend to do that you know we don't want we we don't want to cross that line of being a bitch you know you have that line and and i i find it very interesting you know i just did the women's leadership summit and this topic came up there were 150 women out in the audience, and, and one person did step up and say, you know, I walk this fine line of being aggressive or assertive. Mm-hmm. And we all know what it means when a woman is seen to be aggressive, right? So how do I advocate for myself and get the seat at the table that I know I deserve right. without being viewed as the B, mm-hmm. right? And, and I want to just say, you know, the B, bitch, stands for boys i'm taking charge <laughs> i love that <laughs> i love that can you share that with your women's leadership i will definitely <laughs> share that now okay. maybe that's what they're afraid of that well see that's what it is and and uh, you know there's this i think it for at least in my experience there's this level of discomfort there is a little fear and uncomfortableness right then they don't i've gone through this was the 80s when I first came on board as a quality engineer, graduated out of Carnegie Mellon, came into an environment, it was a uh, division of GM, and it's no longer open anymore, and came into an environment where I think I probably was the only female engineer in that inside, was I? Yes, wow. in that entire plant at the time. Wow. And so I came into an, and I'm very open, engaging, you know, excited about learning, excited about making an impact and a difference. And I made a couple general managers uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Made them uncomfortable. I would present and problem solve, made them uncomfortable. So how they chose that they thought they would have me cower back or shrink, one in particular, was through sexual harassment. Really? Absolutely. Will you share that with us? Oh, I, oh, I, absolutely. I would love to. You know, I um, would work out back then, and you probably know this, Jim Vic Tanny, 
there was a Vic Tanny yeah. that existed in the area, and I would go work out for 90 minutes a day in great shape back then. He happened to go to the same gym. Mm-hmm. So when I would come in the office the following weeks or days and happen to present, there'd be a room full of men. Yep. Usually I'm the only one in there. Yep. He decided to share what he thought about me and my leg- leggings, leotards. What? Yes. He would share it with everyone. And, of course, it's laughter. Some of the other guys may be a little uncomfortable, with, but never would anybody check him and tell him to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. It was either quiet, oh, that, I don't like that, let me walk over here, or laughter and joining in. Wow. He continued to do it. He would send email messages. I was out on a date one evening. Sometimes I thought this guy would follow me. He happened to be at the bar. I'm sitting at a table. He had one too many. He comes to the table shares his thoughts with his the gentleman. thoughts about what about what he how how he thought i looked about your body di- about my body how i thought how he thought i looked the various parts of my body that what? attracted him the most how lucky this gentleman was to be out on a date with me and then would bring that back into the office <laughs> what what did you do Could well, you do anything i was 22 years old working at a division of gm yeah Good job, right? Yeah. So I'm the backup. And I was raised by hardworking parents. My parents did divorce when I was young, so my mom worked in a factory. So I often thought, okay, Linda, keep your head down, work hard. That's what, mm-hmm. your, that's what your parents told you. I mean, this was the early Can't 80s. Can't take the heat, get out I of the I was born in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the 80s, you keep your head down. But uh, something didn't feel right about keeping my head down. So I had a conversation with a, a gentleman. I'll never forget him. His name is Jim Menifee. I'll never forget him. And he said, Linda, you need to say something. Mm. And he said, what's the worst can happen? Mm-hmm. If you get fired, you didn't need to be here anyway. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the place for you. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what's going to happen to you. He said, but you have to do what's comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. So I thought about it a few times, and it took one more time for him to embarrass me at a meeting. I walked out in the middle of the presentation, went straight to the HR office. Oh, wow. You just left. When it was I, happening, you when just it, walked out. I walked out. Yeah. Went straight to the HR office and reported him. Now, he was a general manager, uh-huh. so he was fairly highly ranked. Yeah. You please tell me they gave you his job. Uh, well, <laughs> what, what did happen, though, is uh, he came, they brought him in. He had to apologize. They moved him. They didn't move me. Yay, because it used to be they would they, move you. Exactly. You're the problem. I right. would be the problem, right? No, they moved him. They did not move me. And then they did show me that they made a formal rec- formal um, complaint and letter in his, his file. His file. The rest was history. I had a great career for as long as I was there. Right. I still had opportunities, nothing. And then I ended up leaving and going to work at, for Bosch when the opportunity came. But what I learned in yeah. doing that yeah. is that I had a voice mm-hmm. that I needed to use. Mm-hmm. Well, right? how old are you, if you don't mind my asking? 57. So I'm 30, and I can tell you right now that I, in my brain, the first thing I was thinking when you said they called him in is I know exactly what he said. You know, he said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was doing that. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing. But unfortunately, uh, he started down that path. But because I had numerous examples, I mean, I had dates, Mm -hmm. times, they did not let him continue down that path okay at all but he absolutely started yeah. down that path yep. they, i mean that that pleading of oh she's it, overreacting that pleading yes. of ignorance. i was just kidding yeah. so, so take a joke ha- the and point you know, i'm trying that, to make is that's the same thing that happens to my generation nothing has changed that, in men see now that's unfortunate 
but it is I can see that it happens continually and in, in other in every corporation to this day for whatever this a sense of um, what's the word as if they have the right yeah pretty much right to dismiss entitled yeah, entitled. Yeah. entitled. That's entitlement. the word. Yeah. Entitlement. The right and to dismiss, belittle, whatever. And we're the ones and that are super sensitive. Ignore. We're the ones that's super sensitive. We're, we're overreacting. The, we're the ones with absolutely. the problem. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I but that tell you, that has what's given me the voice. And unfortunately, we still as women, we still struggle with exercising our voice. Right. I it's there it is very clear mm-hmm. what I will accept and what I will not accept. Mm-hmm. And well, you are in a position executive At, role now, and it takes years and years and years to get that kind of strength and confidence but it's like exercising your muscle right you start lifting those weights and you You keep lifting bigger and bigger is that right you do you absolutely do and although i can't tell you that it's always been peaks there's been valleys for Mm -hmm. sure the key is that i haven't let those valleys or those those individuals define me, defined mm-hmm. who I am. I couldn't control everything that was going to happen, but I could I could make sure it didn't define who I am. And I think that as women, we have a tendency to allow it to define us. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of women I have in my office. I've had over the years in various office in my past career, my past lives, in tears, you know, just absolutely in tears, paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Because either someone said something, did something, made them feel uncomfortable, not not even from a sexual perspective, just disrespectful, mm-hmm. you know, did not respect them, uh, belittled them, talked down to them, dismissed them, well, and they were paralyzed. And this is culture, you know, like I am very, very fortunate that I was raised, you know, my mom, oh, and my dad too, but my mom especially, she always raised me to not let people, you know, just walk all over you. Absolutely. I've had friends who have, I've been out in public with them before, and they've said to me, this guy keeps grabbing my butt. And I go, he's what? <laughs> and, and you know, these these are girls who aren't raised to turn around and say, hey, leave me alone. Exactly. And so I wind up doing it for them. And what I've learned from that is that I think there's like this predatory vibe that they pick up on because this stuff doesn't happen to me. It happens to to women who can't defend themselves. Now, Monica, you're so right. There is a vibe. Yeah. Oh, there there is an aura. There's a vibe because my daughter is you. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter is you. Alexis, I wish she was here. She's not couldn't come in with me today because she's just coming back from Chicago. But she would be the person that would handle it for the friends. Yeah. Because so and so therefore they don't do it to her. Right. So so I do. You're absolutely correct. And I often say when things would happen in the past to these other people, I'd say, I wish they'd do it to me. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to help each other. Yeah, this gets to your we have to help uh, each other. Your initiative, right? The yes, tea? the business I started. Let's two talk years about ago. that. That's the exactly, extra effort. Thank you, and that's exactly why I started it. Because throughout my journey, there weren't people, women that looked like me, or women that existed, and even the few that did weren't willing to reach across the table or behind and help me out. So the lessons that I've learned, the growth that I've had, has been through hard learned lessons alone but I learned them didn't repeat them but I wanted to create an environment a space I wanted to have impactful change in corporate America and in a greater fashion than just mentorship because I've mentored a lot of people and you only do that usually within your company right but I wanted to have a broader impact so two years ago I started the T the extra effort 
purposely, the whole my whole passion and mission is to help women get a seat at the table, whatever that definition. Whatever, seat you, whatever, whatever the, table you want to Whatever table it is, whatever seat it is. It may not be vice president or senior or CEO. It may be I just want to be considered for an expat assignment and live and work overseas, or I just want to lead that team over there and dr- and drive that initiative, whatever it is. And if you and all of us, all of us, I it's rare that I've worked with anyone who wasn't capable. So the doing, we're excellent at the doing. The problem we have is that being, truly showing up strong and authentic in ourselves and having that emo- that clear emotional intelligence and the executive presence that gets us that seat. Because mo- all the clients I've worked with, we are a hundred, I mean, we, we know what we're doing. That, I mean, and that's usually the price of entry anyway. You wouldn't have gotten the job, quote unquote, if you didn't really know how to do the task. Where we short ourselves and we truly just don't want to do the work, which is why I called it the extra effort, is in being. How do you show up every day? The being. Yeah, the being. How do you show up every day? When you're in the room, does anybody know you're in the room? Mm -hmm. You know, I had a young lady work for me years ago, fabulous young woman, uh, had tons of um, growth opportunity, very, very good at what she did constantly whenever anyone needed someone for a program launch or something in management systems they would ask for her mm-hmm. not and she'd go hit the home runs every time mm-hmm. but she stayed at that same level mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. and she worked for me and one day she said you know Linda I, I can't get to the next I'm looking for, you know I want to get to I want to be a director like you I want to be and I said well does anybody know you're even in the room? I mean, half the time when I walk in, I see you mm-hmm. when I walk in and sit down. But from that point, I mean, I don't know that you're still there because mm-hmm. you are completely silent. Well, I'm not leading the meeting or, you know, I'm not sure if I should mention I have some good ideas. <laughs> well, as long as really, you that's continue, so discouraging that we're but, still but there. We're, we're still there. We're Why? still there. Because for, for whatever reason, inside, we don't believe that we're good enough. I'm going to tell you what it boils down it's to. culture. It, we don't believe we're good enough. We don't, be, we're not, we don't believe we're worthy of it. And, and, so, and Monica's saying it's culture that tells women that, that, that keeps telling little enough. girls it's, from it's, the time they're You stay over there. You stay in the corner. If I call on you, then you answer. Or, you, you know, but if I don't, how dare you speak up? It's a symptom that women have of this thing that we've been talking about here already, you know, that men do of she speaks up, she's being a bitch. So women have a tendency to take a step back and try and regroup. When in reality, when people are calling you a bitch, you've made headway. Mm -hmm. You have arrived somewhere and you shouldn't take a step back and try and refigure stuff out. You should realize you're doing something. If they're mad, you're making waves. <laughs> they know you're in the they room. Know they the room know you're sure. in the room. I often say, you know, I'd rather be talked about than not than not recognized at all. I mean, you know, I and I mean, yeah. you know, I'd rather it be positive. Just remember that. my but name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's why I mean, we truly, as women, when we've mastered the being, then it's, I think it's totally up incumbent upon us to share those methodologies, those tools, because they true. I mean, there is a true method to the madness and. In corporate politics, there really is. But and politics is only just how things get done. Mm-hmm. People, politics is people. The, the, it's people. Thank you, Anne. Mm-hmm. The word has gotten such a negative connotation over the years. Right. But it really is just people. It's and how it's, people and interact it's, with it's one how another. People right? interact. Yes. And and how things get done. Culture, politics. It's all shaped by people. 
I make no apologies for being a dark-skinned African-American, wearing natural hair, having, you know, I constantly, I, you know, I have a lazy right eye. None of that. I mean, I don't, I don't make apologies for any of it, right? Mm. It's the imperfect. And, and I'll tell you, it took me a while to get here. Sure. It took me a while to get to this place. But once I got to that level of comfortness in my own skin is when my career took another level. Uh-huh. How can people get in touch with the tea, oh. the, you know, if um, they want to. Well, there'll be. Thanks for asking. You can send me an email at hello at the net, or you can just go straight to my website, which is really easy, lindatalaferro.com. Perfect. <laughs> Great. To sort of come back full circle to the women's soccer, mm. you know, here you have Megan Rapino. Right. Yeah. And there and she is really very comfortable with who she is and how she's showing up in the world. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people who have a lot of trouble with that. Yeah. And a lot of people saying things, emailing me about what I wrote. Well, I think she's just a little too big for her britches. Yeah. What, What is that saying about them? That's what I think. What are they afraid of? What exactly? What are you afraid of? That she just she owns who she is and she's she's truly uh, committed to her mission, her passion, what she believes well, in. Well, and we have these, what is wrong with that? We have I, these male athletes out there who come up with these nicknames for themselves, who have all of this to do. And she has the pose. You know, how dare a woman do a power oh pose like God. Tim Tebow? Exactly. He had right. a pose. Oh my gosh! You know, yes. like men, men have been doing this forever, Ever. and a woman comes out and does a smidgen of it, and. <sighs> So we have to have their backs, have each Mm -hmm. other's backs. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And basically step into our power. Absolutely. I agree. So thank you, Linda Talaferro, Vice President of Global Quality uh, for Meritor, a critically important commercial vehicle supplier doing business on five continents. And she's also founder of The T, The Extra Effort, which people can, one more time. Yes, you can connect with me at lindatalaferro.com. Hey, thanks, Monica, for being here always. And uh, thanks for joining us, everyone, at Powering Up. We hope you'll subscribe and share us with your network. Monica and I would love to hear from you through the Powering Up Women Facebook page or at Ann Doyle LDR on Twitter. And remember, power is the currency for getting things done. Claim yours and put it to work. Let's go. Power Power up. up!